0: what's up guys college football is back and so we are back your high street freaks Uh, i say freaks but it is actually high street freak this week i'm going to be doing this podcast solo as i kind of break down and preview the team heading into the 2023 season ohio state takes on indiana this week and so i'm kind of going to do a preview of each position group and see how i think each group stacks up i'm going to give each unit a grade heading into the season and uh I think we're going to start with quarterbacks um, just because that's kind of the most high profile thing right now, uh, especially on the offense. And, um, you know, we still don't have a quarterback. Ohio State is still not named a quarterback. Um, It's going to be either Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, but neither one is separated at this point. It's looking more and more likely that that quarterback battle is kind of going to extend into the into the season. But like, as I've mentioned before, I'm not really concerned about this. I think if there's anywhere that Ryan Day has earned the benefit of the doubt, it is with quarterbacks and quarterback development. He's been at Ohio State since 2018, well, 2017, and he has never had a bad quarterback. You go from Dwayne Haskins to Justin Fields to CJ Stroud, and the quarterbacks seem to be getting better and better and better. I'm not sure if that's realistic. I'm not sure if Devin Brown or Kyle McCord are going to be kind of at the level of Stroud or Fields or even Haskins, but I do think it's going to be fine. I mean, these are both top 50 prospects. Um, You saw them coming out of high school. They're going to be fine, especially throwing to this group of receivers that we'll get into in a little bit. But I mean, whoever is back there, it's not going to be make or break for the offense. I think I personally, you guys know my take on this, I personally like Devin Brown. Um, I think he adds a little bit of an extra dimension uh, with his his legs. It's not to say that Kyle McCord is like a petrified tree or anything like that. Um, But I think Devin Brown has a little bit more mobility. Um, And really, when it comes down to it, if you're looking at this from a, a health of a unit perspective, it's good to have two guys that it seems like you would be confident starting for you this season. Um, and that's kind of where Ohio State stands. I think uh, Ryan Day has made it clear that it's not that like these guys have both blown him out of the water, but it's also not like either one would be a, a travesty if they started for Ohio State either. So um, I think that's kind of the, the position that Ohio State's in. They genuinely have two quarterbacks that could be a first team quarterback. And from a pure health of the team perspective, That's, you know, a pretty solid position to be in. Um, I think normally, like, this sounds insane, but, like, um, I I think this quarterback scenario probably, like, would be one of the better scenarios in Ohio State history when you're looking at, like, just purely from the quarterbacks available. But I think it's pretty clear that this is the weakest the room is going to have been, at least at the starter uh, in terms of the starter, uh, since Ryan Day has taken over as its head coach, um, so from that perspective, I am giving this unit a B Plus, I, I think it's strong. I think that um, you know it's not going to be a problem for Ohio State this year, but I don't think it's going to be the strength that Ohio State is used to having at the quarterback position. So we'll stick with a B Plus. Um, not bad, just nothing, nothing to necessarily write home about this year. It's going to be fine, uh, especially with the rest of the offense. Um, and with that, the next position group I want to get into is wide receivers. I think that this might be the best wide receivers broom that Ohio State's had yet. And that's that's bold praise because this includes, you know, the recent years with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, But Ohio State's going to have the two best wide receivers in the country with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Abuka. Um, And you heard Marvin Harrison talking up Carnell Tate earlier this year, saying that he is essentially in terms of development where Marv was last year heading into his sophomore year. And I think last year Marvin Harrison Jr. was arguably, you know, the most talented receiver in the country. So, um, I think there's a lot of excitement there. You've got Brandon Innes, who's coming on as a true freshman too. um, Noel Rogers is, you know, adding, to, he's not even going to play, but he could probably start, uh, a lot of places in the country. Um, you know, so it's, it's looking like it's going to be Marv Buka. And then I think Julian Fleming's going to start the season at least is, uh, the starting Z. Um, it looks like, you know that carnell Tate could be pushing him for playing time already but um those are your your kind of top three guys is marvin harrison jr mecca abuka and julian fleming and um if you're looking that's two number one receiver prospects in the country and the son of a uh pro football hall of fame wide receiver so ohio state's pretty stacked there um xavier johnson is going to be you know providing some help out of the slot he's genuinely talented um he's gonna be wearing that Blocko jersey this year. Uh genuinely very talented guy. It's not a situation where it's just like he's a, a cheerleader or anything like that. It's it's not like a, a Cam Bab situation where he's just kind of there to provide leadership. Like he's gonna make plays. You saw him, I mean, he scored a touchdown in the Georgia game, so uh he's a genuine playmaker. Um, you know, and, and then you got Jaden Ballard. Uh he hasn't really done much throughout his Ohio State career, but um it looks like he you know, he's, there's, there's a role for a guy that is a deep threat, um, can kind of take the top off a of defense in this offense. And Ohio state is just stacked at wide receiver, just stacked. Um, you know, I, I get into this a lot, me and Ryan get into this a lot, but I don't even think this is the best that this room is going to be. If you look at how Ohio state's recruiting, but it might be the best the room has been in the past, you know, several years. Cause, uh, with Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Ibuka, Carnell Tate, Julian Fleming, um, I think the top four here are as good as a top four has ever been in Ohio State history. So um, needless to say, this is getting an A-plus from me in terms of grade. Uh, it's the best receivers room in the country. It might be the best Ohio State has ever been at wide receiver, and it's going to make the quarterback's job very easy when these guys are just, you know, making plays as they do so next i think we're going to get into running backs um you know i think that this is another unit that is kind of just stacked top to bottom this might be the deepest that ohio state has been at running back in several years um you know i think when you look at the top it's going to be mayan williams and trevion henderson um those are going to be kind of your your two top top tier running backs um you know I'm, I'm not even really sure which one's one which one's one a or which one's one b i think it's going to be pretty situational uh travion henderson's obviously kind of got like the the game-breaking ability and mayan williams is kind of your every down like kind of bell cow running back so we'll see how that works out but having two bona fide starting running backs is never a problem to have um behind them you're going to have evan prior back this year um, you know, he missed all of last season with an injury. He is a much more of a change of pace back. He's a catch the ball out of the field back, maybe a third down back. You could put him in the slot. You could have him do wheel routes up, up the seam out of the backfield. Uh, I'm really excited to see if, if they do something with him or what they do with him. Um, I think that he hypothetically could fill a role that I wanted Ohio state to have for a guy like Demario McCall for years. But, um, we'll see what the offense does with him. I'm not sure that he's the sort of guy that you can just like put back there and run a standard offense and just hand it to him and provide power or whatever. But, um, you know, he is a really versatile guy. That's going to add a different dynamic to the offense. So, um, we'll see about that. And then you got chip Trianum too, who, I mean, he played heavy, heavy snaps against Michigan and Georgia, uh, Despite entering the season playing with the linebackers, so it'll be interesting to see what he does when he is a, um, you know, with with the team in the running backs room full time. It seems like he is, you know, well into that like four man running back rotation. Um, probably the fourth running back, maybe the the third realistic running back behind Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson. Since Evan Pryor is not like a every down back and. Um, I don't know. It's 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 a a good problem to have to have so many running backs, uh, especially because I haven't even mentioned Dallin Hayden yet, and he played you know heavy snaps against Maryland, and he at one point looked like the starting running back with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams and um, you know Evan Pryor all out. So uh, he's definitely a guy that is going to um, be able to provide some solid depth to this team but he at this point seems like the fifth running back in the rotation so kind of the odd man out there um I'm gonna give the running backs an A uh just a a solid A not an A plus or anything mostly because I I just can't put it on the same level as the Ohio State wide receivers because that's just like it's just not there um I think the receivers are kind of on a different level but um I think running backs are definitely a strength of this offense uh and I think it's kind of the, the healthiest that Ohio State has been at running back across the board in several years. So now we're going to get into tight ends. And I think this is where it starts to get a little hairy for Ohio State. Ohio State really only has one tight end, one proven tight end heading into this season with Cade Stover at the top. And he's fine. It's not like he has been great. I think when he's healthy, he's a very good tight end. But um, he has not been healthy. He has had trouble staying healthy over the past few seasons. Um, and, you know, part of that is that he just has to play massive minutes at a, a very physical position. So uh, I don't think Ohio State has the depth and the talent that they would like at this position, especially since they do like to run two tight end sets a lot. Um, they don't have Mitch Rossi anymore, who is, you know, a, a very unique talent in how he was a, a blocker, more of a fullback sort of guy. So they're gonna have to do uh, something at this position. It looks like the two guys immediately behind Stover are gonna be um, Joe Royer, who's more of like a pure tight end. He's a, a little bit of a bigger guy, um, kind of more of a uh, a you know realistic blocking tight end. Um, could play a lot more of the the dynamic versatile position uh, than the the other guy who is G Scott. Um, G Scott is, you know, obviously a converted wide receiver. Uh, he's a little smaller. He's put on a lot of weight since he's transitioned from wide receiver, but he still has kind of that wide receivers frame. Um, it'll really be interesting to see what they do at the tight end position this year, because I think this is the weakest that the position group has been, you know, since Ryan day has been here. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of use this as an opportunity to transition into more you know, four and five wide sets, or if they stay insistent on having two tight end sets. And if they do that, um, how they're going to do it, because if they kind of have the same roles for their tight ends as they've had in previous years, I think Joe Royer is kind of your second guy, but if they do move this position group to be more of a, you know, a hybrid, um, maybe more of like an NFL style, uh, having a, Pass catching tight end in the slot position. Then I think G Scott could be a legitimate weapon in this offense. So it'll be interesting to see how the tight ends are used in this offense. But if you're just looking at the position group as a whole, it's not really healthy. It's not very strong. Um, even at the top, Caged Over is just fine. Um, I think this is a you know a solid C plus for me. Um, it's definitely a Concern on the offense, especially if they want to use the tight ends the way that they have in the past. Um, And now we're going to move on to the biggest red flag in this offense it is the offensive line. So Ohio State is returning two starters, and I think they were kind of the two weak links on the offensive line last year. Um, Maybe that's not fair to say about Matthew Jones. Uh, Matthew Jones, I think, is a legitimately great interior lineman when he's healthy. I don't think he was healthy towards the end of the season last year. Um, so he's returning. And then the other guy who's returning is Donovan Jackson. And I think he probably was the weak link on the offensive line last year. Um, but I I still think these are two future NFL players. Um, on the outside, at right tackle, it's looking like it's going to be Josh Fryer. And listen, I, I'm i fine with Josh Fryer. Um, I, I think that if Josh Fryer was coming in and he was the, you know, kind of the, the, new guy the red flag the weak link i would feel really good about this offensive line but the reality is that josh fryer is probably like one of the he's he's the guy that we should feel good about um after him playing last year and he is uh inserted at right tackle this year um and i I think i think he's gonna be fine but you know he hasn't really proven much he has played sparingly um he was kind of the the sixth offensive lineman last year um, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be fine. And like I said, if he was the only issue on the offensive line, I'd feel really good. But the reality is that, uh, there are two more position groups that are a lot more concerning than that. Um, Ohio state is going to be starting San Diego state transfer, Josh Simmons at left tackle, which is slightly concerning, uh, because he was just like an average mountain West player. It's not like he was like a standout, you know, awesome mountain West player. Um, he is an average Mountain West starting offensive lineman and he was able to transfer to Ohio State and to be you know the clear-cut starter um, here so uh, that is a little bit concerning that Ohio State was um, that that thin it left tackle uh, over the after the Greg Studrabo years that a average Mountain West tackle could just kind of transfer in and take that spot so I'm pretty concerned about that as I've been all off season and the center battle is even more concerning um, you know I think that Ohio State brought in Victor Cutler who was one of the worst offensive linemen on his Sunbelt team. team um, and he by all accounts is still competing for the center job with Carson Hinsman. And so it's very concerning to me that Carson Hinsman has not yet like clearly beaten out Victor Cutler, who was, again, one of the worst starting offensive linemen on his Sunbelt team. So um, we've got two positions who are very, very concerning. Um, it could be fine. It could be fine. Uh, I just I, I am concerned um, I think I would give this position group right now a C minus heading into the season. Maybe that's a little generous too, but I really do like Matthew Jones. Um, I really do think Donovan Jackson's a future NFL player too, um, and I kind of like the depth that they have here with Tegra chabola I think that he could, you know, play any interior or out exterior position um, if somebody gets hurt. Uh, so like, it's it's not the worst situation you could possibly be in, but it's, it's certainly worse than I ever really imagined. Uh, Ohio state would find itself on the offensive line. So we're giving it a C minus, and that is probably optimistic. Uh, maybe you feel better about this than I do, but, um, God bless you if you do. Now we're going to move on to the defense. Um, I think we're going to start up front with the defensive line. Um, so my thing with the defensive line is it's such like an unknown quantity. I think especially with JT Tiamolo and Jack Sawyer, they're both like five star defensive ends. Um, you know, I think the, the potential is through the roof there, but neither one has really like proven much. And I know you're going to say like JT and like he had that incredible game against Penn State, but like that's kind of it, you know, like in terms of actual production and getting to the quarterback, like he hasn't done much outside of that. Um, that game was maybe the most dominant game I have ever seen from a defensive lineman, uh, a defensive end. Um, and that includes like Chase Young's games against like Wisconsin and stuff like that. It was insane, but he hasn't done much outside of that. And then Jack Sawyer played all year, kind of cross training at the jack position, um, standing up and was not like down in like a hand down form in front. And that's where he's going to be playing this year is more of a traditional defensive end. Uh, Cause that's where Larry Johnson kind of wants him to be. Um, so it will be very interesting to see what these defensive ends can produce. Because like I said, the potential is through the roof, but the production last year wasn't necessarily there. Um, I think everybody just assumes hypothetically, they're both going to be great. And like, maybe that's a fair assumption, but we haven't really seen it so far um, on the interior though. I think this is a legitimately great interior line. I think it might be the best interior line that Ohio State has had in several years. It's led by Mike Hall, um, and when he's healthy, he is you know one of the most dominant interior linemen Ohio State has like ever had. Um, you saw the way that he dominated at the beginning of the season last year. He really took over the Notre Dame game on the inside. So if he is healthy and he wasn't down the stretch, if he is healthy, um, he is at like a game wrecking defensive tackle. Uh, Tyleek Williams, he was not as effective last year as he was his first season at Ohio State. And I think a lot of that is because he lost too much weight. Um, but he's put on a lot more weight. He is going to be um, a lot more of a physical, space eating guy on the inside, and play the way that he did as a true freshman when he was kind of like, you know, serving as a as a game breaking defensive tackle. Um, and then you've got Ty Hamilton coming back, who he played the most snaps uh, behind Teron Vincent last year, um, and he's you know kind of your your most experienced defensive tackle returning. Um, Between those three guys, I think they're going to have most of the reps. Um, You know, you've got Taiwan Malone, who Ohio State just landed from Ole Miss, who's going to be adding some depth there. Hiro Kanu appears to be coming on. So you've really got like three to five guys that can play in that defensive tackle rotation and provide legitimate good minutes for the team. So, um, you know, I think top to bottom, this defensive line is one of the best that Ohio State has had in you know maybe since like the Chase Young years. I I am hoping that JT Tuomo can kind of emerge as one of those like um best player in the country, like future all American type players. Um but even if he doesn't, I think just you know, top to bottom the depth. I didn't even mention um the the depth at defensive end too. You've got Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson. I think both of those guys are, you know, they're gonna play heavy, heavy minutes and they're gonna be integral parts of the rotation. I think they're both are ready to play too so this is a very deep defensive line um hypothetically really talented at the top too so i'm going to give it an a minus um i am interested to see how it develops this is you know it's it definitely has the potential to be an a or an a plus unit by the end of the year but as of now just based purely on potential i think i'm going to go a minus for this group so i think now we're going to move to linebackers and this is, I think, the heart and soul of the Ohio State defense. I think this is the best position group that Ohio State has this year so far. Um, you're returning Tommy Eichenberg, who is a preseason All-American, and for good reason. I think he was legitimately one of, if not the best linebacker in the Big Ten towards the end of the season. Um, he's awesome. He, has, he Honestly, he's one of the best linebackers Ohio State has had since, like, I guess Pete Warner, Pete Warner was awesome too. Um, So he is coming back. He is going to add a ton of strength to that, that linebackers room. Um, And then you've got steel chambers too, who, you know, up until like last year at this point was a running back and he came in and was immediately a dominant linebacker. He wasn't just like, he wasn't just good. He was very solid um, added really a ton of dimension to the the linebacking core um and you could just trust him i think is the biggest difference with the linebackers last year versus previous years is like the linebackers were just solid Um, and credit to jim knowles there because he is that is his position group that is what he coaches that's kind of his strength of of his team and where he was a position coach but um you know the linebackers are kind of night and day difference and it starts with those two guys behind them, you have a lot of depth too. Uh, CJ Hicks, I think should be the third linebacker off the field. Um, it might be Cody Simon, but I think towards the end of the season, it'll be CJ Hicks. Um, and with like those three linebackers, that's as good of a linebacking core as Ohio state has had, you know, at least under Ryan day, but maybe even further than that. Um, you know, even if you replace Cody Simon and hypothetically, if Cody Simon's playing over um, CJ Hicks, that means he's good. Um, I'm not hundred percent sold on that, but if you can have like a, a, maybe they'll do a, a multiple different, like four, three looks this year with three different linebackers or CJ Hicks will rotate in with steel chambers or Tommy Eikenberg. But, um, and even behind them, you've got like Gabe powers who is seems to be coming on too. So you've got like five linebackers for a base set that starts two linebackers in this defense who I would trust to start and one of them has All-American potentials and a preseason All-American. So this group, I think, is the healthiest group on the defense, the group that you can trust the most heading into the season. Again, I'm giving it an A, and the only reason it's not an A-plus is because the standard for A-plus was set with the Ohio State wide receivers. So this unit gets an A from me, um, headlined by Tommy Eikenberg, who I think will be one of the best linebackers in the country. Now we're going to move our season preview on to the cornerbacks, and this is a really intriguing position group because I think it was kind of a weak spot of the defense last year, but I kind of feel good about it heading into this year. Um, Obviously, Denzel Burke is back is a returning starter. He did not play his best last year. I think especially with the ball in the air, he just frankly got beat too many times, um, lost Way, way more than 50% of 50-50 balls, which is not what you want to see. Um, but from all accounts, it seems like he's kind of got his swagger back in in camp this year. Um, he's playing with a lot of confidence, deflecting a lot of balls. Um, you know, I, I think that hypothetically, the way that he played as a true freshman gave people a lot of hope that this is a guy that could be like um, a vintage like Ohio State corner that goes... Uh, first round like your uh, Marshawn Lattimore's or your Garyon Conley's or your Eli Apples uh, um, kind of that sort of guy and then he just had, kind of had a disappointing sophomore season but I think that he is going to be back this year um, he's going to be playing with confidence he's going to be um, really that like number one corner that Ohio state fans expect him to be. And then at number two um, you've got either Jordan Hancock or Davis and Igbenosan. Um So I think Hancock last year that makes might make people nervous. Um, he played all of last year injured or was injured to start the season and didn't have a lot of, you know, preparation before being thrown onto the field last year. And um, I think now that he is healthy and more than that, he's had an entire, um, off season and preseason of being healthy to prepare for the season, I feel a lot better about him as a corner than I did last year. Kind of just like throwing him out against like Michigan or Georgia um, in those really high high pressure situations um, to kind of save the defense. So um, I think if he ends up being the number two corner outside of Burke, um, I feel good about that. But if he doesn't start. It will go to Davison Igbonosen, who is an Ole transfer. He was a freshman All-American, um, played you know heavy minutes as a as a true freshman. Started for them last year. I think that is a guy Ohio State went and got out one of the the best corners available at um, in the transfer portal and brought him in and. I think he, his potential is kind of through the roof. He's a very physical guy, um, way bigger than you, you think a corner should be, um, really physical type of corner. This is a guy that like I think there is room to play him too if they want to have more of a slot guy um, uh, in coverage. I, I think he could play in the slot as well. He's very physical. Um, maybe he ends up being kind of a, a rotational guy with Sunny Styles. That's pure speculation. We'll... We'll see what happens there. I would like to see maybe them put more of a coverage guy on the inside sometimes and mess around with packages. But he is, I I think his potential is through the roof. It will be interesting to see who wins that second corner spot outside of Denzel Burke. Um, But whoever it is, I feel good about it. Um, But, you know, some of this is admittedly just like blind faith uh, that this is going to be okay. Um, I, I like all of these guys in my head, but none of them are like super proven. The closest one to being proven is Denzel Burke as a true freshman and Davis and Ibn Osin on kind of a, a bad Ole Miss secondary. So um, we'll see. I, I like this unit based on on potential alone. So I'm going to give this a solid B. I wanted to give it a B plus, but. I just couldn't because there just really isn't a ton of proven talent here um, and proven consistency. So we're going to stick with a B, and we'll see if they can turn that into a B-plus or an A towards the end of the season. The last and probably most important position group on this defense are the safeties and I again, feel pretty good about how Ohio State stands at safety heading into this season. Um, obviously, there's only one starter that's returning, but I think he was probably the best one. Um, Lathan Ransom's returning. He, at the beginning of the season and kind of when he earned that job over Josh Proctor, who was supposed to start last season, um, but Lantham went in and was very consistent. Um, you know, he, he is a guy that you can count on. I think he slipped a little bit in terms of production towards the end of the season, but I think he was playing quite injured, but if he is healthy, I think he is a, um, you know, just a very solid option. Um, he's a guy that he's not going to make a ton of like insane freak athletic plays, but he's always going to be there. He's going to do his job. And, um, on some level at it, 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 a safety like that, that's, that's what you need. Um, and then, Ohio State kind of did the same thing that they did at cornerback. They went out and they got the best available transfer safety at, you know, what is the most important position on this Ohio State defense and got Jihad Carter. Carter is a Syracuse transfer. He was the number one transfer safety in the country, and he has basically played all over the field. Um, I think last year he played mostly in the slot, and that led people to believe that he was going to be... Um, kind of the slot guy replacing Tanner McAllister this year. That doesn't look like it's going to be the case um, because of Sonny Styles. but he is a really versatile guy. Um, He's going to be playing a little deeper um, so that he can show off his athleticism a little bit, but I think he's going to end up being the other starter, but Malik Hartford is actually pushing him too. Um, That's a guy that I think we've been really excited about. Um, I think that he is, It'd be shocking to me if he started this early in his career, but I think the fact that Hartford is pushing Jahad Carter, who we know is good, um, though he has been injured too, Um, but the fact that Hartford is kind of pushing Josh Proctor says everything about Malik Hartford and um, not, you know, it doesn't take anything away from Jahad Carter. So um, I think... Either Carter or Hartford will will take the other safety role. But then we've got Sonny Styles, who I think is the most intriguing player in this entire defense. He is a freak athlete. He should have been a senior in high school last year, but he was playing for Ohio State instead and played legitimate minutes against Georgia in a college football semifinal game when he should have still been in high school. So he is a physical freak, um, you know, People can't stop raving about him for a reason. He has a rare combination of speed and size that um, makes him, I think, a perfect candidate to play on the inside, especially if you're going to use him as kind of like a hybrid linebacker type um, where he can you know, defend the run or um, take on kind of those bigger tight ends. Um, But he also has the speed to hang with a wide receiver in coverage too, which makes him just like a freak athlete. Um, So I'm interested to see how he plays out or whether they end up, you know, subbing him out for um, pure passing situations or whether he truly is like able to just like defend a slot receiver or something like that. It'll be really interesting. Um, He's a young player, but he is a physical freak. Um, I think that he is going to be by the end of the season, maybe like the focal point of this Ohio state defense. He is just an electric playmaker. Uh, I think he is the guy that is going to be impossible for, for, teams to just like scheme around, because if you put him up towards the line of scrimmage, he can create chaos in so many different ways, whether it's in coverage or, um, even as an extra pass rusher, uh, bringing him on a blitz or anything like that. So I'm very interested to see how his second season at Ohio state goes. Cause like, frankly, we're only getting three seasons out of him. So we may enjoy, may as well enjoy this one. Now, all in all, I am giving the safeties a B plus, um, you know, I I am very excited about this position group, and maybe this is underrating it a little bit. If anything, uh, I think that hypothetically, this is a group that should be better than it was last year, even though it had more experience last year. I. I think that like the players and the talent that Ohio State's going to have in the safety rotation this year is um, better than it was last year. So we'll see how it shakes out. I think this is a unit that could end up being, you know, like an A or an A- minus towards the end of the season, uh, especially since you've got some new faces that could be in the, in the starting rotation. But um, all in all, I really like this unit and um, I'm, I'm going with a B-plus to start the season. So that's the podcast. Yeah. Um, Kind of short and sweet this week, but uh, we've got a lot of content coming your way. I'll have two Ohio State previews, offense and defense. Uh, Ryan and Patrick are working up their, uh, their Big Ten previews. We've got a few podcasts, so um, we, we'll, we'll bombard you with content. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll just do a little rundown of, of all of my ratings so that you guys can tell me how wrong I am. Um, quarterback I have as a B+, plus. Um, wide receiver I have as an A+. Plus. Running backs I had as an A. Offensive line I had as a C minus. Tight end I had as a C plus. Defensive line I had as an A minus. Linebacker I had as an A. Safety I have as a B plus. And corner I have as a B. So um let me know what you guys think. Uh you know, it's Time to, time to get in the trenches when it comes to talking about the Bucks, so uh, excited to hear what everybody thinks about my, my takes, and uh, you can tell me how wrong I am.